Welcome to the Mahabharat podcast. The following story is based on the Bolshya Parva within the Adi Parva, chapters 3.6 to 12. Following in the royal bloodline of the Pandava brothers of great renown, the great-grandson of Arjun, young King Janamajaya, returned to his kingdom with his three brothers and their armies. Fresh from a successful conquest of the neighbouring kingdom of Takshashila, thereby fulfilling the first order of the new royal preceptor in Hastinapur, sage Somashruta. The snake-born son of the sage Shruta Shrava, recently having taken up the seat that was formerly occupied in the days of Dhritarashtra and Bhishma by the great teacher Gripacharya. Immediately after this, Janamejaya with King Bolshya, a neighbouring king whose name literally means one coming from flowers, both of the order of Kshatriyas, warriors, arrived at the hermitage of the great sage Veda to ask if he would be their master and preceptor. Sage Veda was the most ardent disciple of the Stoic sage Ayodhadhomya and had seen his fellow disciples Aruni and Upamanyu put through the metaphoric fire on completion of their studies by their guru. Whilst sage Veda was so exceptional a disciple himself where he was able to bear all austerity without flinching and was described that he like an ox under the burthens of his master bore everything asked of him. After experiencing such a strict master the magnanimous sage Veda had previously decided to choose the path of liberality towards his own disciples. As time went on, sage Veda once had a disciple called Uttank. In some tellings of the Mahabharata, Uttank's role is so pivotal in this short story that the section is called Uttanko Pakyana and not the Balshya Parva. Amongst the closing stories of the Mahabharata, the sage Uttank features in an interaction with none other than Krishna as Krishna returns from Hastinapur after the battle of Kurukshetra and having pacified Yudhishthir and the ladies of Hastinapur with his words and presence. In their encounter, Krishna was asked by sage Uttank what had transpired in Hastinapur and the battle on explaining the devastating mass slaughter, the sage Uttank, who was of a very compassionate disposition, like his guru, sage Veda, became frustrated at Krishna for not bringing about a compromise before the war. Krishna explained to Uttank the efforts that he had gone to to avert the war and the philosophy of how those who had passed were indeed destined to pass. Krishna also finally revealed his universal form to the sage Uttank, showing himself to be the supreme deity, 
So once again, back to the present story with King Janamajaya, who along with King Bolshya had just obtained Sage Veda as their master. One day, Sage Veda was about to depart on some work related to an upcoming sacrifice and employed his disciple Utang to take charge of his household in the meanwhile. Utang, he said, whatsoever should have to be done in my house, let it be done by thee without neglect. And having given these orders to Utang, the sage Veda departed. And so Utang, always mindful of the injunction of his teacher, took up his abode in the latter's house. And while Utang was residing there, the females of his preceptor's house having assembled, addressed him and said, O Utang, thy master's mistress is in the season when connubial connection may be fruitful. The preceptor is absent, then stand thou in his place and do the needful. And Utang, thus addressed, said unto those women, It is not proper for me to do this at the bidding of women like this. I have not been enjoined by my preceptor to do that which is improper. After a while, the great sage Veda returned, and having learnt all that had happened, became well pleased, and addressing Utang said, Utang, my dear child, what favour shall I bestow on thee? I have been served by thee duly, therefore hath our friendship for each other increased. I grant thee leave to depart, go thou, and let thy wishes be accomplished. Utang thus addressed said, Let me do something that you wish, for it hath been said, He who bestoweth instruction that is contrary to usage, and he who receiveth instruction contrary to usage, one of the two dieth, an enmity springeth up between the two. Udhant continued, I, therefore, who have received thy leave to depart, am desirous of bringing thee some honorarium due to a preceptor. His master, upon hearing this, replied, Udhant, my child, wait a while. Sometime after, Udhant again addressed his preceptor, saying, Command me to bring that for honorarium which you desire. And his preceptor then said, My dear Utang, thou hast often told me of your desire to bring something by way of acknowledgement for the instruction thou hast received. Go then, and ask my wife what thou art to bring, and bring thou that which she directs. The wife of the great sage Veda then said, Dear Utang, do go to King Bolshya and beg of him the pair of earrings that are worn by his queen. The fourth day hence is a sacred day when I wish to appear before the Brahmanas decked with these earrings in particular. 
then accomplish this, O Udang. If thou should succeed, good fortune shall attend thee, and if not, what good can thou expect? Utank thus commanded, departed on his quest, and as he was passing along the road, he saw a bull of extraordinary size and a man of uncommon stature mounted thereon. And that man addressed Utank and said, Eat thou of the dung of this bull. Utank, however, was unwilling to comply. The man said again, O Utank, eat of it without scrutiny, thy master ate of it before. And Utank signified his assent, and ate of the dung, and drank of the urine of that bull, and rose respectfully, and washing his hands and mouth, went to where King Bolsha was. On arriving at the palace, the sage Utank saw King Bolsha seated on a grand throne, and approaching him, Utank saluted the monarch by pronouncing blessings and said, I am come as a petitioner to thee. I have come to beg of thee a pair of earrings as a present to the preceptors. Indeed, my preceptor is none other than sage Veda, this great sage, who is also your preceptor, has ordained this. It therefore behoveth thee to give me the earrings worn by your queen. And King Pausha replied, Go, Utank, into the female quarters where the queen is, and demand them of her. And Utank went to the women's quarters, but did not see the queen. Returning to King Bolsha, he said, It is not proper that I should be treated by thee with such deceit. Thy queen is not in the private apartments, for I could not find her. The king thus addressed, considered for a while, and replied, Recollect, O sir, with attention, whether thou art in a state of defilement, or uncleanliness, in consequence of contact with the impurities of a repast. My queen is a chaste wife and cannot be seen by anyone who is impure owing to contact with the leavings of a repast. Nor doth she herself appear in sight of anyone who is defiled. Udunk thus informed, reflected for a while, and then said, Yes, it must be so. Having been in a hurry, I performed my ablutions after meal. King Bolsha then said, And yes, here is your transgression, Udunk. Purification is not properly affected by one in a standing posture, and not by one while he is going along. And Utank, having agreed to this, sat down with his face towards the east, and washed his face, hands and feet thoroughly. And he then, without a noise, sipped thrice of water, free from scum and froth, and not warm, 
and just sufficient to reach his stomach, and wiped his face twice. And he then touched the water with the apertures of his organs, his eyes and ears. And having done all of this, Uthunk once more entered the chambers of the women. And this time he saw the queen, and she perceived him. She saluted him respectfully and said, Welcome, O sage, do command me what I have to do. And Uthunk said unto her, It behoveth thee, O queen, to give me those earrings of thine. I beg them as a present for my preceptor, the great sage, Veda. And the queen, having been highly pleased with the sage Uthunk's conduct, and considering that Uthunk as an object of charity could not be passed over, took off her earrings and gave them to him. Before they parted ways, the queen remarked to the sage, These earrings are very much sought after, O Udunk, by Thakshaka, the great king of the serpent race. Therefore, should thou carry them with the greatest care. The great sage Gushyap, born of Brahma, had two wives. Firstly, Kadru, to whom was born the serpent Lion, and secondly, Vinata, who also in eggshells were born the birds, including the great eagle carrier of Vishnu, Garuda. Kadru was the mother to over a century of snakes, the prime snakes including Shesha, Vasuki, and Dakshaka. Dakshaka is also known in Chinese and Japanese stories as being one of the eight great dragon kings. And so back to Utank, appearing before King Baoshia with the earrings in hand and ready to convene his onward return journey, the king addressed Utank, saying, A fit object of charity can only be had at long intervals. Thou art a qualified guest. Therefore, do I desire to perform a small ceremony with a meal before thou partest. Tarry thou a little. And Utank replied, Yes, I will tarry, and beg that the clean provisions that are ready may be brought in soon. And the king, having signified his assent, entertained Utank duly. And Utank seeing that the food placed before him had hair in it, and also that it was cold, thought it unclean, and said to King Bolshia, Thou givest me food that is unclean, therefore shall thou lose thy sight. And so the sage, without hesitation or deliberation, cursed the king to become blind. And King Bolshia immediately replied, And because thou dost impute uncleanliness of food, which is clean, therefore shall thou be without offspring. And Utank thereupon 
rejoined again, It behoveth thee not, O king, after having offered unclean food to me, to curse me in return. Satisfy thyself by ocular or visual proof. And the king, seeing the food that was alleged to be unclean, satisfied himself of its uncleanliness. And having ascertained that the food was truly unclean, being cold and mixed with hair, prepared as it was by a woman of unbraided hair, began to pacify the sage. O sage, the food placed before thee was indeed cold, and doth contain hair, having been prepared without sufficient care. Therefore I pray that thee pardon me, let me not become blind. And Utak answered, What I say must come to pass. Having become blind, thou may, however, recover thy sight before long. O King Bolshar, grant that thy curse on me of not having offspring also doth not take effect. And the king replied, I am unable to revoke my curse, O sage, for my wrath even now hath not been appeased. But thou knowest not this, for a Brahmana's heart is soft as new churned butter, even though his words bear as a sharp edged razor. It is otherwise in respect of the Kshatriya, the warrior, whose words are as soft as new churned butter, but his heart like a sharp edged tool. Such being the case, O Utank, I am unable because of the hardness of my heart to neutralize my curse. So do, O sage, go thou thy own way. To this Utank made answer, I showed thee the uncleanliness of the food that was offered to me, and I was even now pacified by thee. Besides, thou said at first that because I imputed uncleanliness to food that you thought was clean, I should be without issue. But the food truly being unclean, thy curse cannot affect me. Of this I am sure. And the sage Utank, having said this, departed, having obtained the earrings he so sought. As Utank journeyed back to his preceptor's abode, on the road he perceived a man coming towards him, a naked idle beggar. This beggar would sometimes come into view and sometimes disappear. The sage, being somewhat mesmerized and feeling blurry, put the earrings on the ground and went to the water to cleanse himself. Whilst doing so, 
The beggar quickly came to the spot and taking up the earrings, ran away. And Utank, having completed his ablutions in water and purified himself, and having reverentially bowed down to the gods and his spiritual masters, realizing that the earrings had been taken by the mysterious and mystical beggar, pursued the thief with the utmost speed, also with his mystical potencies. And having with great difficulty overtaken him, he seized him by force. But at the instant the running beggar assumed his real form, that of Dakshaka, the great snake, and speedily entered a large open hole in the ground. And having gotten into the underworld, Dakshaka proceeded to his abode, the region of the serpents, and closed the hole that was open. Utank recalling the words of the queen of Bolshia, pursued the serpent and began to dig open the hole with nothing but a stick and was unable to make much progress. And Indra, beholding Utank's distress at trying to claim back the earrings that he sought for his master's wife, sent his powerful thunderbolt, the Vajra, to sage Utank's assistance. The thunderbolt, entering that stick, enlarged the hole, and Utank thereby entered the hole in pursuit of the bolt and the snake. And having entered, Utank beheld the region of the serpents, infinite in extent, filled with hundreds of palaces and elegant mansions with turrets and domes and gateways, abounding with wonderful places for diverse games and entertainment. Sage Utank, at this sight, elaborately glorified the serpents, saying, Yea, serpents, subjects of King Airavat, who was a great snake, born also of the Princess Gadu, who in turn was the daughter of Daksha, splendid in battle and showering weapons in the field like lightning-charged clouds driven by the winds. I adore thee also to obtain the earrings of Dakshaka, who formerly dwelt in Kurukshetra and the forests of Khandava. And thus, the sage Utank, having addressed and saluted and adored the chief of serpents, Dakshaka, in this manner, managed to obtain not the earrings, and he thereupon became very thoughtful. And when Utank saw that he had obtained not the earrings, despite his kind address, Utank looked about and beheld two women at a loom weaving a piece of cloth with a fine shuttle, and in the loom were black and white threads, and he likewise saw a wheel with twelve spokes, 
turned by six boys. And Uttam also saw a man with a handsome horse and contemplatively with a great sense of reflection and appreciation, sage Uttam began to address them as follows. This wheel, whose circumference is marked by 24 divisions, representing as many lunar changes, is furnished with 300 spokes. It is set in continual motion by six boys, who are the seasons. These damsels, representing universal nature, are weaving without intermission a cloth with threads black and white, and thereby ushering into existence the manifold worlds and the beings that inhibit them. Thou wielder of thunder, Indra, the protector of the universe, the slayer of the demon Vritra, thou illustrious one, who wearest the black cloth and displayest truth and untruth in the universe, thou who ownest for thy carrier the horse which was received from the depths of the ocean, and thou who art but another form of Agni, the god of fire, I bow to thee, thou supreme lord, thou lord of the three worlds, O Indra, Purandara. The man with the horse turned to Utank and said, I am gratified by this, Utank, thy adoration. What good shall I do to thee? And Utank replied, Let even the serpents be brought under my control. Indra rejoined, Blow into this horse, and Utank blew into the horse, and from the horse, thus blown into, there issued from every aperture in the horse's body flames of fire with smoke, by which the region of the Nagas, the serpents, was about to be consumed. And Dakshaka, surprised beyond measure, terrified by the heat of the fire, hastily came out of his abode, taking the earrings with him, and said to Uttam, Pray, O sage, take back the earrings. And so Uttam took custody once again of the highly coveted earrings. Uttam, having recovered the earrings, thought, Oh, this is that day of my preceptress, and I am at a distance. How can I therefore show my regard for her? And when Utank was so anxious of this, the man addressed him again and said, Ride this horse, O Utank, and he will in a moment carry thee to thy master's abode. And Utank having signified his assent, mounted the horse and reached his preceptor's home within a moment. And his preceptress that morning, after having bathed, was dressing her hair sitting, thinking of uttering a curse on Utank, 
if he should not return within time. But in the meantime, Uthank entered his preceptor's abode and paid his respects to his preceptress and presented her the precious earrings. Uthank, she said, thou hast arrived at the proper time, at the proper place. Welcome art thou, my child. You are truly innocent, and therefore I do not curse thee. Good fortune is even before thee. Let thy wishes be crowned with success. And finally, Uthank waited on his preceptor, Sage Veda. The great sage, receiving Uthank, said, Thou art most welcome, dearest Uthank. What hath occasioned thy long absence? And Uthank replied, My dear master, in the execution of my duty, obstruction was offered by Thakshaka, the king of the serpents. Therefore, I had to go to the region of the Nagas, the serpents, and there I saw two damsels sitting at a loom, weaving a fabric with black and white threads. Pray, what was that? There likewise I beheld a wheel with twelve spokes ceaselessly turned by six boys. What too does that import? Who also is the man that I saw? And what of the horse of extraordinary size likewise beheld by me? And when I was on the road, I also saw a bull with a man mounted thereon, by whom I was endearingly accosted. Utank, eat of the dung of this bull, which was also eaten by thy master, and so I ate the dung of the bull, according to his words. Who also was he, O dear master? I desire to hear all about those who I encountered on my journey. And his preceptor thus addressed, said unto Utank, The two damsels thou hast seen are Dhata and Vidata. The black and white threads denote day and night. The wheel of twelve spokes turned by the six boys signify the year comprising six seasons. The man is Parjanya, the deity of rain, and the horse is Agni, the god of fire. And so the deities of rain and fire have come to your aid. Then the bull that thou hast seen on the road is Eravat, the king of elephants, and the man mounted thereon is none other than Indra. And the dung of the bull which was eaten by thee was Amrita, nectar. It was certainly for this and these personalities who were protecting you that thou hast not met with death in the region of the serpents. And Indra, who is my friend, having been mercifully inclined, showed thee these favours. It is for this that thou returnest safe with the earrings. 
Then, O thou amiable one, dear Utank, I give thee leave to depart. Thou shalt obtain all good fortune. Utank, having obtained thus his master Veda's leave, remained still affected by that which had happened to him. And moved by anger and resolved to avenge himself on the serpent Dakshaka, for having deceitfully taken the earrings from him, proceeded towards Hastinapur. Utank soon reached Hastinapur and waited on the king Janamajaya, who himself had returned victorious from Dakshashila. After the complications, between his brothers and the celestial dog, Sarama. And Utank saw the victorious and majestic monarch, the descendant of the Pandavas, King Janamajaya, surrounded on all sides by rallies of ministers. After pronouncing benedictions on the king in a proper form, Utank addressed the monarch, at the proper moment in a speech of correct accent and tone, saying, O thou, best of monarchs, how is it that thou spendest thy time like a child when there is another matter that urgently demandeth thy attention? The monarch, Janimajaya, thus addressed, saluting the excellent Brahmana replied to him as follows. In cherishing my subjects, I discharge the duties of my noble tribe. Say what is that deed to be done by me and for which has brought thee hither. O king, the business is thy own that demandeth thy attention. Therefore do it, please. O thou, king of kings, thy father was a great and noble king, Barikshit, the son of Abhimanyu and grandson of Arjun, and he who was also installed on the throne by none other than Emperor Yudhishthir. He was deprived of his life by the great snake, Dakshaka. Therefore, do thou avenge thy father's death on that vile serpent. The time hath come for the act of vengeance that has been ordained by the fates. Go then and avenge the death of thy magnanimous father, who being bitten without cause by this vile serpent, was reduced to five elements, even like a tree struck by thunder. Wicked in his deeds, Dakshak even caused the noble sage Gashapa, the prince of physicians, to run back when he was coming for the relief of thy father. It behoveth thee to burn this wicked wretch in the blazing fire of a snake sacrifice. O king, give instant orders for this sacrifice. 
It is thus thou can avenge the death of thy father, and a very great favour shall also be shown to me, for by that wretch, a virtuous prince, my business was also on one recent occasion obstructed while proceeding on account of my preceptor. The monarch, having heard these words, was enraged, for the speech of the brahmana had inflamed the king. Moved by grief also, Janamajaya asked his ministers the particulars of his father's journey to the region of the blessed, and when he inquired further about the circumstances of Parikshit's death from the lips of Utank, King Janamajaya was overcome with pain and sorrow, and so was sown the seed of vengeance. And thus ends the Bolshya Parva of the Adi Parva.